This episode of the CZ Media Podcast is brought to you by Rancho Bravo Tacos. They have two convenient locations, Capitol Hill and Wallingford. I love going to Capitol Hill. I'll go order my food, whether it be tacos, burritos, or tamal. I love their tamales. They're fantastic. And then I'll go sit on the patio, enjoy my meal, and then wait for something interesting to happen. And given that it's Capitol Hill, something interesting always happens. If you don't have time to go to either location, you can always order through your favorite food ordering app, Uber Eats, Caviar, or Chow Now. They make it really easy to get all of your favorite items. So next time you're craving some delicious Mexican food, stop in or order. You'll be glad you did. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the CZ Media Podcast. I want to thank everyone for listening, and I want to remind everyone, if you haven't yet, go to your favorite podcast app and give us a follow. Give us a review. A five-star review will help the show a lot. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and I and uh, iHeartRadio. Uh, and then don't forget to check out our sponsors, Rancho Bravo Tacos. They have a location in Capitol Hill and in Wallingford. Um, follow them on Instagram, RBT Tacos uh, on Instagram. And then our newest sponsor, Soulmates. So, I mean, Valentine's Day is coming up. They have a sale right now where if you buy online, put in V-Day 10 in checkout, you'll get 10% off. So if you're looking for something special for that special someone, that sounded corny, or for yourself, Give it a go, get some Jordans, some Yeezys, uh, and make that someone or yourself happy. So today, it's kind of a serious show. Um, Tommy, what did you say? It's serious, but I'm going to, is there a way that we can have this conversation where perhaps it's not so serious? Absolutely. I mean, I feel um, you and I, We've, you know, talked a few times. I think there's enough of a rapport to where it won't be yeah. too serious. And it's um, like, I'm not a super, super serious guy, right. but I do want the show to highlight because it's, I, I, I bill it as a Seattle centric show. Absolutely. So I've had on musician, you know, people who, you know, are mostly Seattle. And then as everyone knows, Seattle is going through some hardships right now with, you know, our, no our question. homeless population and, no you know, there, you know, there's definitely groups of people that, you know, need help and, you know, things aren't going great for them. Right. So as we were chatting, you know, you're a young guy 
and you are helping. So like, that's where, that's where I sort of want to take this conversation. So tell us, you know, introduce yourself to the audience. Tell us a, a little bit about yourself and what do you, what do you do? And then we'll go from there. Okay, absolutely. Well, first, thanks for having me. Um, everybody, my name is Tommy Kidd. That's K-I-D-D. That's a great name, um, too. Yeah, much way. appreciate it. <laughs> um, so just a little about myself. Um, born and raised in Seattle. Um, moved a lot around King County just, you know, during childhood, adolescent years. Um yeah, I wasn't ready for that question. <laughs> a little bit about because I'm just like relating it to family. I'm thinking like, oh, I'm the oldest of uh, all my siblings. All, How many oldest siblings? Of all my cousins. Uh, three siblings that um, I grew up with. Um, all of my mother's children. So I'm the oldest of all four of them. Okay. I have an older sister that I met uh, later on in life when I was around maybe 13. Um, so I was fortunate just to be able to foster that relationship with her. Um, but yeah, um, I'm drawing a blank on that question. But uh, so Seattle, <laughs> Seattle born, Seattle, Seattle born. raised. So you have, you know, Seattle's here. You, your heart is here. Absolutely. Seattle is here. Just like the, you know, we we met at the sneaker shop. Yes. And one of the. Shout out to know, Paris. Yeah, shout out shout to Soulmates. Out to Paris. One of the most favorite things he likes to say is I'm old school CD. Yeah. And 24th and Union. Like I've heard him say that many, many times. And mm-hmm. it's just the, you know, very proud of 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 where he came from. And that's why the shop is there, too. Absolutely. Um, so would you agree with that sentiment of how you treat Seattle and where you grew up with that same affinity? Yes, in a sense of my family has roots in the neighborhood in which Paris is from. Well, more specifically, you know, the Central District, not specifically Union, not really sure. Um, but, you know, my family's from there um, four generations to the point. My grandmother went to Garfield. OK, my father and all his siblings went to Garfield. My Did older sister Garfield? went there. I didn't go to Garfield. No. <laughs> so <laughs> so I can't claim the same affinity specifically. Well, actually, I mean, I do have a great level of affinity for the CD. I just didn't grow up there just the, the way that everyone else did you know um what high school did you go to i went to evergreen i don't know so that's going to be like you know white center neighborhood oh okay yeah so white center right before you get to you know ambom and right before you get to barian mm-hmm. so and i mean that was a point in my life uh, you know just me moving a lot high school ended up being there i almost i almost would have went to uh I would have went to Renton if my family had stayed there. We lived in Renton for, for about two and a half years. And, um, you know, yeah, just just some of my story just, you know, moved a lot. Um, matter of fact, you know what? I will share a little of my story. It's in- interestingly enough, um, you brought up just how the homeless population needs help and all these different things. You know, that's something we're going to talk about. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, some of my story personally, I've, you know, I've been in foster care. Um, and, you know, while I've been with. I don't know if she's going to want me to say this, but I mean, it's my story. I got to own my story. So, you know, just being with my mom, like we've had to live in homeless shelters and mm. shelters for battered families. You know what I mean? Um, it's just, you know, it's a real thing. It's it's, it's things that really happen. So, um, you know, so, you know, do you know, do the situations such as those. There is, you know, there was a lot of moving and there was more stable times and there was times where, OK, like this is what it is. This is what we're used to, you know, so maybe I didn't question it as much. Um, I'm sure I felt felt, you know, felt some type of way to where I didn't was unhappy that I didn't really get to connect with peers the way a lot of other people do, because I'm just I just don't live in a certain area mm-hmm. long enough. But. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, so you yeah. have that you, you have an understanding of. 
what you know what this segment of the population would be is going through it's like so give us a the what is your job description what's your title Okay, so my title, I'm a, I am a case manager. I work in a, a trans, transitional living program. Um, we, so we work with a homeless population. Um, so that's where the word transition comes in. Of course, mm-hmm. we're trying to transition people from homelessness to um, permanent living. Um, so, yeah, that would be my title. I'm a case manager. Uh, the population I work with is between the ages of 18 and 24 years old. Mm, so, I mean, young Absolutely, yeah. So, this, this, so we've noticed um, a need for just a, a need for transitional programs, such as the one that I work in. Um, also, sometimes you have kids that are in foster care, so it's a so it's it's this thing where you know, up, upon eighteen years old, people are I don't want to say forced to move out of foster care, but it's right. just like okay, you're of age now, you have to move out, but they might not necessarily have all those independent skills that they need to just go out and live mm-hmm. on their own at 18. I mean, we know, you know, we know people that are well into their twenties that aren't able to do that, you know, but you can still be in the foster system at that age. Well, up to about 21 or 22, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so there's this push for something called extended foster care, mm-hmm. you know? So it's again, just that need being, you know, being recognized to where it's like, oh, okay, like removing people from foster care, at 18 isn't really working. Yeah. Um, they're coming out and they're ending up homeless or they're ending up in other situations that aren't favorable. Um, so, so the populations that I work with are either, you know, transitional in a sense of, you know, they're homeless or they're aging out of foster care. Yeah. I mean, and, we've heard the, well, the term that is used a lot is you age out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the so, term. You're correct. So the, the, the individuals who do age out and then are sort of thrust out there to fend for themselves, right? Um, extending it would, I mean, it seems like it would help them because there's something, there should be a difference between a kid, like a teenager, having teenager responsibilities, which is going to school, and then a 22-year-old who then their responsibility should be to be independent. But you, yes. But the extending it would it seems like it would give them a little bit more time to focus on those independent skills versus separating their time with going to school and then and right. that, i mean am, am i am i sort of correct here like, i feel, I feel, I feel so yeah I, I i feel i feel like you sorry i'm moving around uh, no, i no feel problem. like i feel like you are correct mm-hmm. um some people just you know some people just need that extra time. Um, and I mean, just the fact that they're in foster care to begin with, uh, by the way, this is no knock to foster care at all, but it's just like the fact that you're there means that, um, the environment in which you were in before wasn't necessarily the best environment. So you might've not had the same skills as someone who had more of a uh, stable household. Um, so just with, with that being said, some of these things you're just learning, as you're turning 18, you're learning stuff that someone else might have learned at eight years old or 10 or 12, just when it comes to um, maybe, I don't know, let's, so I brought up that I moved a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there was really, when it came to like waking up on time for school, um, it wasn't, it, it, it really wasn't a big deal, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you didn't have that, that guiding hand. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah. I'd, so, I'd put it like I mean, that, so it know? would seem like if you're the type of individual that is going to be independent, then you would have just been forced into it. And then that's just your personality. 
Absolutely. But if certain personalities aren't quite like that, mm-hmm. then that's where trouble comes in. Right. Where you're not a, I don't want to say self-starter, but if you're if you don't have that inner drive to do, and right. you don't have a guiding hand, mm-hmm. then I mean the streets is where you will find the least resistance and the I mean you probably say hey, that that's what I want to go do, right? So, so you help uh, the the age group which you help is between eighteen and twenty. 24, 18 to 24. Yeah. So, I mean, that's quite a range there. What what type of differences do you see between an 18-year-old and a 24-year-old? And I don't want you to give specifics, but okay. like in general, like what type of needs, what is, what is an 18-year-old looking for versus a 24-year-old? Like what could, what helps them the best? The, if, if I'm asking this question correctly, because okay. again, it seems like an 18 year old has different is in a different place than a 24 year old. At least they should be. They should, yeah, at yeah. least they should be. Not to so, have, like, is that something that you consider that is considered when trying to help either? Not, not enough. Okay. Um, and by the way, when I say 18 to 24, usually they age out at 24. Um, recently there has been an effort to maybe extend it to 25 or their 26th birthday. Um, and it's interesting that you ask, what are the, what are the difference in needs between someone that's 18 versus 26? You would imagine that someone who's 24 or 25, they'd move, they would be more self-actualized than yeah. somebody who is 18. And sometimes it's not always the case. Um, unfortunately, um, so far as needs, maybe with those that are closer to the 24 age range, I think the needs would be just more accountability or more of just a stern, like, you know, that, 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 that time is coming. Like you're not 18 Mm -hmm. anymore. You're not 19 anymore. And it's like the way you're operating while this situation in which you're in is not fair. It's like. I'm going to need you to take more responsibility for your life and um, just recognize that we're actually trying to help you. Um, So just to go into my program a little bit. So, you know, we we offer housing. In addition to that, um, we try and provide education resources, employment resources, case management. Um, But again, being that age. Sometimes the cop out could be, oh, well, you know, I'm grown. So even though you're telling me to do this, I have my own choice to do this, that and the third. Mm-hmm. And um, we can only make somebody do so much. Um, right. You know, even though we're case managers or resource specialists or things of that nature. Um, ultimately, we can provide all the resources in the world, but you have to do the work. Mm-hmm. So a large percentage of it is you being consistent with the work that you're doing. Yeah, it so, seems so. I mean, that, that's a. I mean, I just thought of this question: is like, are you yeah. seen as a helpful resource or as an as an authoritative figure that is trying to tell you what to do? Depends on the person. Depends yeah. on the person. Like, if it's someone who's just they're very much just what's the word I'm looking for? Stubborn. Stubborn. <laughs> oppositional defiant yeah just um i had somebody one uh they said they had a and by the way i'm not trying to make fun of any disorders or anything but someone i don't know if they said oppositional defiance disorder or 
something to do with like a th- like some some disorder about people with authority and it's just like no you just don't want to you know <laughs> yeah yeah and this is you know and, and and you know it's, it's something i've never heard and this is okay so you know there might you know there could quite possibly be a percentage where that's really the case but in how many instances is this diagnosis really accurate Right. You know, are we just putting something down on paper just to make it simple for this person yeah. to get whatever resources it is that they need so that they can function a certain way to where they don't stress me out yeah. <laughs> and I just pass the buck. So. I'm going to use that next time my wife tells me to do something and I don't do it. <laughs> Oppositional defiance disorder. I have oppositional defiance. Yeah. I hope I'm saying the right term. I feel yeah. like someone's going to listen I mean, and look it up. I've and, never heard you know, of it, but so. it totally seems like that is yeah. something that someone would use nowadays. Yeah. That's... uh Right. Man, so that must just make your job so challenging. Like, how do you, mm. what do you consider success on a daily basis? Yeah. I mean, I because I, your success isn't going to come overnight. Right. It's not probably going to come week to week. It's like you, you're in it for the, for the long game as long as you're able to, as long as you have contact with your, um, with your assignees. Yes. Is that the correct word? We, you know, we, we use participants, right, okay. um, clients. Um, sometimes there's a stigma with the word clients. You know, they don't, you know, they feel like, oh, you're treating us like a number. Uh, we haven't heard that recently. Um, yeah. But, you know, some people, for, for, for a while, we didn't even call ourselves case managers in my organization. We just mm-hmm. stuck with the word resource specialist because people, you know, people felt like, yo, I don't want to be, I don't want to be considered a case. And this is like, no, that's just the operating title. But, sure. you know, we we know who you are as a person. We're treating you as a person. But I still use the word participants because they're participating in the program that we, that, that so we offer. So is it, a, I mean, this is, might be a dumb question, but is it, a, how does someone get into your program? Okay. Um, just, you know, different, different organizations throughout the county. Um, so they might show up to one organization, whether it be, well, I I don't want to say any names, but, um, they'll show up to an organization and they will do an assessment and based on the assessment, um, and just, you know, the different scores and the categories just depending on what their level of need is, Mm -hmm. um, they'll, get put onto a waiting list. And by the way, the waiting list really aren't that long. It just depends on how many beds are available um, just within within the programs. Um, and just what their preference is as well. You know, some people, they, you know, it's like, okay, I'll tell you, know, I'll, I'll take that room in Auburn, whereas the next person, oh, I want to wait and I'll move into the bed that's on Capitol Hill. So... I would rather t- I would rather take that in a few weeks rather than to take this um, bed that's available in Auburn right now. So you know, so they get sometimes they get those choices as well. So there's a little bit of flexibility. Yeah, but, yeah, there is. But someone who a participant, mm-hmm. they have to seek out you, yes, your organization. So it should be that they're halfway there at least of wanting to right. receive help and be cooperative and in, in getting help. Yes. Is that the, for the most part, would you say that that's accurate? Like the, the number, the percentage of individuals who are just, you know, defiant mm-hmm. versus the individuals who want to be helped and want to take advantage of these resources. Yes. What, what percentage would you say that is? Mm, um, What percentage would that be? Um, as far as those who want help versus those that yeah. are just more like oppositional. the ones who give you, the ones who, <laughs> the yeah. ones who you know are make you happy that you're helping them versus the ones who're like, yo, this it, dude, I yeah. don't know what why he's why right. he's here if he's just making my life 
miserable. Right. It varies. Sometimes it's, um, sometimes it could be 1090 where it's like the 90% is where the opposition is coming okay. from versus the 10. <laughs> and then, you know, maybe I'm exaggerating it as well, but sure. I don't know. I think, I, I think I'm too nice because I'm willing to just say maybe it's like 55, 45 or 70, 30. Um, I feel like there's more that actually want the help, but they might not have the language to know how to ask for it. Right. You know, um, that's, Something that I've just been through, just you know, just based on my upbringing or just different. It's so, you know, maybe you just don't know how to ask to begin with, right. To even ask for help, you know. Well, that so. answer that you gave is a clear indicator that you aren't a cynical person in this system. I mean, we were talking about this on the way here. Yes, where there, I'm. Surely there has to be some caseworkers in the social services system that are just, yeah, beaten down cynical and possibly don't give the same amount of energy that they once had early on in their career. But the answer that you just gave shows that you are not anywhere near that because you can see the individual for the individual versus lumping certain traits together as a whole. Yeah. No. So that's, I appreciate that. That is a super positive thing because you want people who will give people the, the, the help that they deserve and the same energy to each individual and the same opportunity, the same level of um, hopefulness, I guess the, the word is of I agree. like, like I agree. to cheat, like to cheer them on. Cause if you, if someone is doing this job and they're like, you know what, I've seen this before, they're mm-hmm. going nowhere and then just write them off. That is why things are perpetuating the way that they are. Yeah. It's like, and, they, they, they hear enough of that. <clears throat> they hear enough of that. Um, and I try to just remember that everyone, they, so, I mean, we said before, you know, there's a homeless, a homelessness problem. Um, and I'm trying to figure out how to word that. Like, it's, you know, just because I don't want to stigmatize the people who are homeless when I say it, you know, even though, you know, people are homeless for different reasons. Mm-hmm. But I just don't want to come off as though I'm just talking down on these people. But there there's clearly a problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. Um, I mean, drive down Rainier. Yeah. I mean, we're near Rainier here. There's mm-hmm. tents everywhere. Um, we went to, uh, we were downtown a few days ago and even downtown on fifth Avenue in front of these big buildings, there were makeshift. I mean, wow. if you are, if you know Seattle, you know that it's gotten, of course it's gotten really worse. Oh, you're th- I think fourth Avenue is what you're talking about. Fifth. Yeah. Fifth. Wow. Yeah, okay. We went to the theater. <laughs> oh, that, fifth. I know that sounds. <laughs> that's unheard of. <laughs> I'm not the theater, <laughs> sounds like Bruce Wayne. <laughs> the, the theater douchebag. <laughs> or not Bruce Wayne, but his father, Thomas Wayne. Yeah. And they're leaving the, the fancy theater and they get <laughs> right. killed in the alleyway. <laughs> yeah. No, on fifth, we were walking down fifth, going to the theater and there was yeah. a lot. There was wow, a lot of people. Fifth. Uh, in those a couple of them had tents a lot of them had just a bunch of boxes Mm -hmm. but it's you know and i mean third is it third that's even worse or yeah third third is heavy like when we're talking about between union and pike and just you know other spots just all throughout the city but third is just known for right now well third when people say 3p they're usually talking about third and pine and third and pine has just always been known just for just the heavy just you know, right. heavy population, you know, whether it's fiends or trafficking or just whatever it is or just, yeah. you know, but really just it's moved over to between Union and Pike now. And it's just it's almost Wild West, like 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 outside of the violence, like it doesn't really get violent, although there has been shootings over there. Sure. Um, but it's just 
drugs just out it. in the open, selling out in the open, yeah. just the tents everywhere. You know, people managing to have still have boom boxes and just the little <laughs> speakers and just music all the time. And it's just, you know, it's a little barter system. Like people right. are running into the store right across the street just to barter it over here, you know? So, I mean, there's like an ongoing thing that's known in Seattle. Like, yo, if you ever need anything, just go see the boosters exactly. on Third Avenue. You know, <laughs> you're going to get some batteries, you're going to get right. some laundry detergent. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I've definitely, you know, I don't want to say got my fair share of items, but I've definitely got a few items that I, that I was in need of. And all oh, $5. Like, and not that I'm, I'm even looking for it. I'm just walking and someone's like, oh, I got whatever, whatever for yeah. $5. Like, right. yeah, I'll take it, you know? Yeah, so. it's tough. It's tough. And I've been in Seattle for um, uh, going on 20 years. So that's enough of a reference to know how much that has changed. It's very, it, yeah. very different. Yeah. It is super different. It is. Um, so <clears throat> the individuals who you help, mm-hmm. let, let, let's just take an 18-year-old, for example. Okay. Um. Since you're, since what you're trying to do is get them from uh, a state of instability, homelessness to you, you refer, you call it permanent housing. Which yes, like what, what? I guess my first question is, what is considered permanent housing? Um, sometimes that's a loose definition. Permanent housing is sometimes it's just considered long as they're able to move out of our program and not be homeless. Um, so they could just be moving, going to someone else's couch, but then, you know, couch surfing, that's also considered transitional. That can be considered homelessness because you're living couch to couch, but it's like, Hey, if you're moving to someone's couch and you're paying rent there, I think if you're just paying rent somewhere or you know that there's going to be some housing stability, if you're moving in with a relative, okay, you're stable where, you know, so, um, so the, but 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 I would I would say the ultimate permanent housing, um, like the strongest definition would just you know somewhere where you're 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 able to pay rent. So paying rent is the definition yeah. of permanent housing. Yeah, because then it means that you have a responsibility, and then that you you are aware that you have to complete X amount of getting a work to pay. Right. Got it. Got to wake up, got to show up to work, you know, so whereas homelessness could be considered um, just I mean, you might, you know, you have your people that are just chronically homeless, you know, the people that, you know, we see with, you know, tents and boxes like Mm -hmm. that's just okay. if you know how to set up a box, you've done this before. Sure. You know, so it's just like, wow, this is this is just a whole this is a whole culture that you're operating within. Um, Whereas, you know, homelessness can also just be considered. You know, just that per that individual you see on third, just you know, selling drugs or just like anywhere. You know, someone selling drugs and they're um, you 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 see them just out all hours, and you know, it's like okay, low key, they might not have anywhere to go. Like mm-hmm. okay, like they might get out the latest pair of shoes or uh, enough of an outlet to uh, outfit to look presentable, but they're buying you see them you know they're buying motels all the time they're sleeping in motels all the time yeah you know because it's just like okay like i don't have a lease anywhere and i'm not living any with anyone so and maybe you just got the hotel every other night you know maybe you know maybe someone else gets the hotel this night you know um or just you know like i said couch to couch but you're not really sure how stable that is so just a lot of definitions to what homelessness is um so those are the qualifiers to be able to enter into our program. Um, I've had individuals who they've, you know, they've lived in their cars while going to work, while going to school, mm-hmm. but it's just, you know, just the housing situation, just, it's just something that they just couldn't um, quite grasp 
you know, just just on their own, just despite their best efforts so far, right? You know, just with the resources they are, have and are there any requirements to be in your program? Like, is there, hmm, well, drug testing? Is there any sort of expectation that you're going to be sober? Okay. Um, so for the program that I work in, um, there is a zero tolerance policy for using on site or for having a zero tolerance policy for having any paraphernalia. Um, however, there there is no zero tolerance policy far as using. So we don't do drug testing um, unless you're in drug court. So drug court is um, offenders. I don't know which level of offenders, um, whether it's violent crimes or what have you. Um, sometimes they get offered the opportunity to go through drug court. Um, they get drug tested daily. You know, they have to, you know, meet with a drug court officer and sometimes we'll designate beds within our program for them to stay at. So while they're staying at our housing, although we're not doing the testing, they also have drug court following up with them. So just when it comes to you, yeah, yeah. So it's not us. So let's say if it's just, you know, someone 18, 19, 20, just moving in, like we're not doing drug tests. Um, I just highly encourage people just like just to leave the drugs alone. I mean, if they're doing it, I get it. Like I've grown up around addiction all my life. Um, but I mean, you know, we, we can't have a zero tolerance policy, but people are going to do what they're going to do anyway. Yeah. So it just, it just, I just, you know, I make sure that I'm very clear on it's a zero tolerance policy for using on site. Um, and by on site, you mean at the, in the housing, in the program, you're, on the property. you're placed. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then, you know, sometimes it's federally funded, too. So that's a whole other thing. So, you know, we'll have some participants that are 21 years of age. So, you know, once you hit 21, I could purchase cannabis legally. I could purchase alcohol legally, you know. Right. So it's like, hey, how come I can't use here legally? It's just like, just because it's a law here doesn't, you know, there's still there's still a code of conduct here. Yeah. You know, and it's just, you know, like you're using can cause you to fall off and just defeat the whole purpose of you even just being right. in this facility to improve your life. And not only that, you could be triggering the next individual who's been doing their best to try to stay clean. Like you don't know what their lifestyle was before this or what they saw growing up, you know, as yeah. far as just their parents or guardian or whatever situation was with using, you know, so just for different reasons like that, usually I'm able to explain it and they get it. Um, sometimes I could over communicate, but like my goal is just so I don't want to just, I don't want to miss anything, you sure. know, so it's just like. Um, yeah, but you know, for, you know, for those very reasons, um, they can't use on site. Um, however, if they do get caught, I mean, you know, there's, you know, there's consequences, um, they could be in jeopardy of losing their housing. So, you know, we'll have a discussion, um, and, you know, just come up with, you know, just an honor system or like a contract. Okay. We're going to write up a contract. We already have the rules, the expectations, the guidelines of what you sign and agree to when you signed your lease to move in, um, we see you falling off and we don't just want it to just be cold hearted, but it's just like at the same time, we got to make sure that these other individuals yeah. that are living here are safe as well. So that means you need to get on point. So what we're going to do, okay, we're going to take it a step further. Maybe we need to monitor you a little more. We're going to write this contract. You're going to be involved in it. You're going to agree to the contract. So if anything does happen to the point where <laughs> um, you want to blame somebody for your being removed yeah, from housing, it's like, hey, we we had a meeting. Like you yeah. signed this stuff before moving in. You were explained the rules before moving in. Furthermore, you 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 broke the rules you in which you could have been removed for but we recognize the need and it's just like we don't you know 
unfortunately, like people aren't going to be perfect. It is what it is. People are going to make different varying degrees of mistakes. Yeah. And for that reason, okay, we decided to do a contract with you. Even still, you decided to break the contract. Right, so yeah. it's like when you get removed, like you can't get upset with us. You got to get upset with yourself at a certain a point. Accountability. Self-accountability is a yeah. factor, you know? So I'm just really big on that. And I try to exemplify it in my own life too. Cause like, how yeah. can I talk about these things, but not practice it, you know? So, um, so I think, I think that helps a lot too. And I like what you said about just, um, you know, sometimes people that work in certain fields, they can be just very cynical, you know, and it's just, you know, after a while, sometimes it's beats you down, yeah. you know, like, especially when you're working with a like population past 25, like those are usually the people that I see that are more cynical when they're working with people that are homeless, you know? Right. Um, so whereas it's like, okay, we're working with that age where it's just like, okay, like this is kind of the tipping point. This is kind of like that last shot, you know? Yeah. So it's just like, I mean, it seems like if you're working with an 18 year old, you see their potential. You see how mm-hmm. you see that they still have. They're not fully immersed in. I mean, basically, they're still young, right? And they can still make modifications. But you know, when you're 25, right. mm. then you're more. I mean, because that's a big difference. 18 to 25. Then you're like, halfway to 30. 20 to 30. Like you're. Yeah. I mean, you're more set in your way. You're. You're just more of a creature of habit, and mm. you don't take. You don't take uh, guidance as easily. I mean, for a certain 18-year-olds, if you just have a strong person saying, you need to do this, they might respond. Right. Um, but for a 25-year-old, you're right. They're not going to respond in the way that a, that a kid will respond to authority. Unfortunately. So that, that can be super, super tough. Um, the, the housing that you do have, where does that come from? So it's like you yeah. have you have um, participants mm-hmm. and you're like, OK, we we have X amount of beds. Yes. Like where where do those come from? And then ultimately. Is is it up to you to place the individual in the bed okay. or does it go through a committee? Like how does how does that happen? Yeah. So it's a team effort. So where we get them from is, you know, there is, you know, a lot of grant writing, of course. Um, and then just, you know, whatever money comes, if those grants are approved or accepted or just whatever the term is. Uh Um, and then just, you know, there's different donors throughout the community as well. Um, we've had a few houses throughout the region where it's like, it's one specific person. Like they actually like donate that house to the program or like a funding code that we might use. Um, like I come to find out like, okay, that funding, that funding code, like it's just one specific person that's been donating, like bankrolling this program to keep on going. Um, they're the ones, they're the ones that's doing the funding. And the whole time I'm just not knowing, I just know that I have to go about writing, you know, different codes on my receipts so that, you know, when the audit comes, like everything is on point. But, um, you know, the whole time wow. is coming from like a specific donor. Um, so like I said, between donors and grant writings, because, you know, these are, you know, these are nonprofits. Um, so like, you know, the money comes from, you know, just different places. Such so as it's those. a very... I mean, it, it 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 should. It's probably changing month to month. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. are there certain months mm-hmm. where? Well, more so year to year. We usually year have a budget year. for the year. Okay. So yeah, so it can it could change year to year. Like it's it's been some years where okay, the end of December is coming. We don't know if we're going to have a program in January. <laughs> you know. So holy cow. Yeah. That I mean, actually, I want to say that sounds horrible yeah. because not only do you have to then mentally deal with the day to day, right, the right. dealing of the participants, but then in the back of your head, you also have to deal with. Am I going to have a job 
Yeah. January 1st. Yeah, because, absolutely. Because of, you know, funding of, you know, that is very... Yeah, that is that's nuts. It is that, that, that I mean, again, I fully agree. I mean, yeah. kudos to you. you're doing the, it, the Lord's work doing that, because I well, I first of all, I'm not that good of a person to say I think I could do this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that that just seems so challenging. And then yeah. to have such a cheerful demeanor that you have. No, that point. You kind of um, have to. It like, seems like you would, because if I didn't, like yo, like what, you'd just be miserable. What would I? What would I succumb to? <laughs> you know, it's like no one would want to hang around. There's so many different routes. Like there's this, you know, this is like I, I can see why people just have just some of the different varying degrees of addictions that that uh that they fall to. It's just like yo, it's escapism. It's just like yo, ignorance really is bliss. You know, when you get to a certain Man. point, and it's just like okay, so how do you how do you maintain that same enthusiasm or just um optimism you know um you have to because otherwise like you you know i don't i don't want to fall into and not not that i would or not i don't know you know you just never know but it's just this is you you have to operate like this you know so well at that point it's at that point it's (laughs) self-preservation at that point it's uh (laughs) i understand i'm doing good right i'm like you know everyone's like oh we need to man if it's one thing that i hate is platitudes and a lot of, I mean, even just uh, watching football, when you see these dudes that have these sayings on the back of their helmet, okay, like, yeah. be the change. And <laughs> it's like, oh, right. It's like, be the change. Okay. <laughs> While you're making yeah. you know, a million bucks a game, be the change. Right, 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 right. But like that, that's to you, right? The, like that is you uh, for that. Not some, yeah. you know, spoiled as, you know, super wealthy athlete who just feels that this little three words on his helmet is actually gonna (laughs) unless it's someone who's living that outside too because like that was a thing for a minute like what 2020 2021 just like oh let's all put something on our helmet now like okay what about that person that's doing it when no one else is doing it like kudos to them now just well they win the walter payton award yeah (laughs) (laughs) for sure for sure um but yeah um man that that is that is a lot um so the 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 beds come from donors from writing grants to be able to secure them right um so fundraising fundraising as well you know like sometimes there's um you know fundraising efforts that take place um those are in other departments but you know they're they're all very important they're all very important man they have the fun jobs man yeah they're the ones who get to do the parties and oh man yeah no absolutely (laughs) absolutely yeah, just what type of parties? What type of parties do they have? I don't know. I don't. I don't they don't really. invite you to those. <laughs> well, either I'm not invited, or by the time I am invited, it's just like oh, I'm good. Like, <laughs> man, you gotta I'm take all right. advantage of these parties. Yeah, um, but the thing is, if it's a work related party, what are we talking about? We're talking about work. I don't want to talk about work. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I like I want to talk about it now just because, I mean, this is just a great opportunity just to kind of like shed some light on just what takes place in the community. But just yeah. like, do I want to talk about work while I'm at work, while I'm supposed to be a party? 
And well, maybe, game. maybe, maybe Pretty that's some of my cynicism. Maybe I expect the worst when I show up and, and I feel like I'm being interviewed and this is like, no, I'm just trying to like let loose. And then sometimes I'll show up to these events and it's like, oh, that wasn't half as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, I, I actually had a good time, but you know, <laughs> I would say you'll have that experience more often than not. Yeah. And then plus who knows, this could lead to another career for you to be the liaison between, you know, certain big companies and your organization to get these i mean because that's us you never schmooze. know like you're a good schmoozer <laughs> you think so <laughs> I'm first time i've ever been called that i'm a i'm a february 8th schmoozer. 2022 about to write that down <laughs> <Schmoozer>. <laughs> i mean that's what sales is about schmoozing sure. i did sales for a bit and uh the the point is to be able to you need someone who believes in what they're doing in order to effectively communicate it mm-hmm. and and get someone else to be excited about it. Okay. That makes sense. That right. Makes sense. So that's the, like the, for the 10 plus years that I sold labeled printing software. Yeah. And that is super boring, right? Okay. It is. It is super boring. Right. But I was pretty excited when I hmm. spoke to a new company, a, let's say a small startup. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you need to be able to barcode your products. I yeah. can help you. And then they're like, really? And then it's super easy. And then I would mm-hmm. show them how to do it. That okay. was exciting for me. Yeah. I mean, so the, if if I would, the parallel to you would yes. be, you believe in what you're doing. You have, it's relatable to you. You can put your own personal experiences into it. You would then be the best able to communicate to someone to say why that is important okay. and why they need to open up that checkbook. For sure. Okay. Is that a position? Is that a job? It should be a job. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure it's a job. I mean, yes. I mean, <laughs> sales. That's 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 everywhere. That's everywhere yeah, you that go. Is. You know, like we're selling ourselves all the time. When we, when you first meet somebody, you know, just yeah. you know, even sometimes the clothes that you buy. The reason I bought this hat, you know, is it's like okay, like Ooh. the color. The color's gonna pop a little more. I don't know anything about the reds, you yeah. know, <laughs> at all, except that Griffey. Yeah, yeah, you beat me <laughs> to it. I know that Griffey. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you know, but um, out, you know, outside of that, like I couldn't really tell you much. I can tell you they're in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> but um but you know as far as a selling point like someone oh i like how that hat looks on you you know wasn't so. uh who was their general manager back in the 90s was it mart shot i'm not sure no i don't think it was i mean they kind of want to look it up now <laughs> look it up yeah okay mart shot I, mean, I don't remember i don't think it was mart shot was that was she wait was was she the manager or the owner for the boston red sox or am i thinking of someone else no I know that name. I've read. I've yeah. I've read up on her before. Now I mean, that, now that you said the name like a couple of times, supposedly she was racist. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, um, but, <laughs> likely. But like, <laughs> it's like, it. Well, not, not nothing against Maple, but I'm talking about just like going back. You know, it's just. Let me see, Marge shot. Marge shot. I think the the funniest. Uh, no, oh, yep. they didn't do a movie Cincinnati about Red. her, man. Yep. Yeah, it was, it was her. The funniest thing she said was when she got accused of being racist, she said, I'm not racist. If I were to be in a war, I would want Albert Bell, who was this big time power hitter back yeah. in the back in the 90s. OK. <laughs> they didn't do a movie about her. She just got she just has a look like okay, she yeah, may I'd, have I'd, been, I'd watch that. She may have been problematic. Dang, she born, she born, born and died in Cincinnati. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, yeah. That is surprised that I know this. I don't know hardly anything about baseball. Yeah. But that is pretty crazy that I know who Mart Shot is. 
Yeah, and she, I think she passed away. Yeah, she's Dang. she's old. I'm just looking at articles. She would have been 90-something years old by now. Racist slurs are haunting her even after her death. Like, yeah. Okay, there it is. So, yeah, so you was, he was, like, I didn't even Google racism. I just Googled her name. <laughs> and it's just, like, hit after hit after hit, you know? Man. So... That's I mean, so, yeah, that's poor March. I mean, not poor March. No, I know what you mean, though. Just like that's, you know, that's your legacy, you know, whether you like it or not, yeah. you know. So at least for now, I mean, who knows what the legacy of yeah. being 100 everyone, years, 200 man, years. So if you've uh, everyone, I think, has said something problematic at some point, especially if you say it into a microphone or into a camera. Yeah. I mean, there's I don't think anyone is uh, pure. Yeah. And then the times are different too. Like the the times in which she was saying that. Like I'm not condoning like yeah. slurs or anything, but it's just these are just <laughs> things that were more acceptable. I mean, if we watch an episode of like Married with Children or like TV shows from the 70s, like even just like Love doing boat. doing doing Asian accents and stuff, you know, it's just like <laughs> yo, like they, it, it was just the whole thing. Like it was just roars, roaring laughter when these like stereotypical like impressions <laughs> yeah, would take right. place, and we're seeing them all the time, you know. So uh, like she got called out in the nineties. Yeah, so if you got called out, <laughs> in right, right, the right. 90s. <laughs> it's like you're doing the most. <laughs> yeah, there it is, man. But it's it's and a I'm crazy and, I, and I'm wearing her hat. There you, you go. Know? How do you so. feel about this? Um, I mean, I already got the hat, man, you know, <laughs> but you know, so I'd have to think about that more, but it's like, I guess you should be conscious in the things that you purchase, but it's just like, I mean, if you're going to micromanage every little thing you do, it just gets to the point where yeah, it's just like, you're, you're not going to be able to move. No. Like, you're going to you know, be wearing, so. you're going to be wearing sandals made out of rubber tires yeah, and clothes made out of yeah. burlap sacks from, from potatoes because right. every, I mean, every has been problematic at some point everything volkswagen everything boss mm-hmm. porsche yeah and i'm re-watching the last dance uh, have you seen this with jordan the last oh the last dance you yeah. know i watched the first episode oh. um i have not so i have nine more episodes to complain Man, you know so i'm looking fantastic. for it but it's just it's just it just hasn't happened yet what's interesting um <laughs> i think um me and paris were talking yesterday and um, I had brought up, oh, yeah, you were, the, I, I don't know if you were there or if it was Saul, but I just brought up the idea of just, um, you might have left by then, but I brought up, like, how are people finding time to, like, watch some of these video <laughs> podcasts that are, like, three hours, four hours, you know? So it's just, like, I don't I don't know. I don't, I, I just don't, I don't make the time to watch some of these yeah. shows that are just a part of just the the overall conversation that everyone's talking about. And Man. it's like, I miss out a lot and it's like, I want to, I want to tap in, but the, the opportunities just, I just, I, I guess I just don't carve out the time, but last, last dance is something I definitely want to want to want to uh, want to watch. So. Watching the last dance is a far better investment in time than watching the majority of these YouTube podcasts. Okay. Because if you're a basketball fan, yeah. it is really interesting to see how deep they go, uh, how mm-hmm. behind the scenes they go to that 80, no, to that uh, 2002, 2003 season. What was the last season the Bulls won? Are you talking um, about when Jordan was still playing or yeah. at this after? So that was, that, the, that was the nice, I think that was, I believe that was 9798 or maybe 9899. I know they won, yeah, I think yeah, they yeah. won a, the they won the three peat 9798. So. It might have been nine eight nine nine when it might have been his last right. playing. I should, um, I should have it. It's one of the two. It's nine eight or nine nine. Um, but it is fantastic. Yeah. It is absolutely okay. fantastic. So then they, you know, I, I, I just rewatched the episode where they went through everything problematic about Jordan, where okay. they accused him of being a, 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 
betting addict. And then uh, the, probably the, uh, I think this is just hyperbole on the writer's part where yeah. there was a writer who said that MJ lost the respect of a lot of black people because he didn't support a black democratic candidate in North Carolina okay. that his mom wanted him to. Like he was, a, uh, I forget, Nat, I believe was his name, yeah. where Jordan's mom wanted him to come out and endorse him. Dang. And then supposedly Jordan said Republicans buy sneakers, too. Yeah, I remember that quote, <laughs> which Jordan explains that yeah. he said this on the bus in jet, like just talking to Horace and Scotty. Yeah. So this wasn't like a thought out interview that he did where he said, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to do this because Republicans buy sneakers, too. Yeah. Um, and then and then he went on to say that. And then this. I think this is 100% fair. He said, I didn't see myself as an activist. Yeah. He saw himself as a basketball player. Right. Not like Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Uh, And I think that's okay. And then, uh, did you ever, do you ever read anything from Jason Wilbon? Who was, who was, so he's a sports writer and he was on ESPN. Is he the guy that used to wear the hat or let me, let me look Mm, his name. He's a fat guy. I think I know who he, okay. I'm thinking of Jason Whitlock. Never mind. So I don't think oh, I've read anything yeah. from this guy. Uh, oh, this yeah. individual. You know what? I think up. you're right. It is Whitlock. But now he's on. Um, now he he's, he doesn't do uh, ESPN anymore. Is it Jason Whitlock? It is Jason Whitlock. Yep. Yeah, I, um, I'm kind of cool off of him. <laughs> you don't like him? I don't like him. I don't like him because it's um, so interesting. Yeah. I didn't like him before. Yeah. I like him now because what I when when I listen to him and I read what he says, like it makes. Yeah, it makes sense to me. You know what? And I and and just just based on his reputation, just from before, it's just like I mean, I I I just felt like you know why tap in you know why tap in with this guy. But I mean, I'm sure it wouldn't hurt just to see what he's saying. And I guess it's one of those things where if you says something I just don't agree with, it's just like okay, I'm not going to be surprised. Yeah, you know because he's been doing that. True, you know? true. So, because um, he's on. Yeah, he's. Um, I mean, I don't know. In my opinion, I thought he was very race baity before. Yeah. Like, I think he purposefully did it. And yeah. I remember having conversations with friends and saying, I just don't like to listen to it because I know exactly what he's going to say. Like, mm-hmm. he's always going to come from this perspective. Yeah. But he has had a shift. I could be completely wrong because I haven't read everything that he's written. Okay. Um, so it might not be a shift. It might just be that I'm interpreting it differently. Okay. But um, he did this whole thing where he said that. Muhammad Ali, oh, he was comparing he was comparing Muhammad Ali to LeBron. Okay, and what he was saying was that the reason Muhammad Ali was so pinpoint accurate and was able to articulate his feelings so clearly was because he had an organization behind him that hmm. educated him, that um, taught him, that would explain to him this is why X, Y, and Z. Okay. And then he says that LeBron doesn't have that. He goes, mm-hmm. LeBron is just going to hop on to anything that the DNC says or that anything that the that certain politicians that are getting news coverage is going mean, to LeBron had a Birdo hat on for crying out loud. Yeah. Who was the guy in Texas. So it's like he's only looking at what is getting the most noise. And then that's what he's doing. Whereas Muhammad Ali was passionate about yeah 
you know, the nation of Islam and had a very strong relationship with uh, uh, Elijah Muhammad, Elijah Muhammad and Malcolm X so that they were able to really, I mean, whether you agree with it or not, but that they were able to teach him and he was a student of it. So his messaging Mm -hmm. came from this one place. Okay. Whereas LeBron is just scattered all over. It's just like, what's popping up next? Well, anyway, he, he, he did this whole thing about it, which really made sense. Because if you go back and look and watch old Muhammad Ali, like there's always someone. Yeah, you. I mean, you're, I, I feel like you you can watch Muhammad Ali at any time, and you're going to get something that's edifying, something yeah. that feeds you. You know, right. so um, I so, can agree with that. But, but um, if, well, true. I mean, I, I don't know if agree is the word. Like, I could agree that Muhammad Ali, you know, the great, the late great Muhammad Ali, like he's going to give you something that you can chew on. You know, something something you can think about, something you can compare to what's going on nowadays, and something you can look back and just respect and appreciate, and right. something sometimes even revere for some people, you know, no, it's like I, I set a heck of agree. an example, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah. But then it came from because he had fundamentals, mm-hmm. right? There was a, he, yeah. he, his, his, his belief system was sound and was strong. And that's, what's missing from a lot of, yeah. from a lot of, uh, these high profile players. Well, I don't know. I don't even yeah. know why we got off on this. Well, we're here now. And I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, uh, <laughs> I want to defend LeBron a little bit, you know, it's like, like Jason Whitlock isn't going to hear this, you know? So it's just like, just based on your interpretation of what he said, it's um, okay. So while he doesn't have the nation of Islam behind him, let's say if LeBron did have the nation of Islam behind him, they would still attack him, you know? Cause like who's associated with that? That's yeah. That's, 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 that's Louis Farrakhan. I mean, Farrakhan is banned from so many, like he's banned from YouTube. He's banned from social media. Like he still has his own platform. If you go to nation of Islam.org, but it's just like, they they don't want his message getting out there, and the, and, and and it's just like so. If, if LeBron had that person behind him, I mean, it would be even that much more controversy. And well, it would have to be, you know. So I mean, unfortunately, yeah. Louis Farrakhan has turned himself into a fringe actor in modern politics. It's really hard to take him seriously because everything he says is just so out there. And maybe it was similar back in the 60s, but information wasn't as disseminated as fast and as quickly and as broad as it was now. So it's not like it's not like people from every walk of life knew what the you know, what the what they were really saying or what they really believed. Yeah. Um, but LeBron, there was a lot of exploring back then. Like it was. Yeah, it was. It was just just a different, different awakening back then. You know, it's just like even if. uh, like he just LeBron wouldn't do it because he knew that that would alienate. I mean, it's the same thing that Jordan said. Republicans buy sneakers too. If LeBron aligned himself with an organization like that, he yeah. knows that it would alienate a big chunk of yeah. the following, and it just wouldn't behoove him. But if he just piggybacks off of, um, you know, if he just pay, well, what I really want to say is that what he just if he just piggybacks off of the uh, Democratic Party that gets the most coverage, mm-hmm. he's he then th- he then thinks, OK, this is what people actually want. So I'm just going to piggyback off of it and go. Yeah. So it's more of wherever the wind blows, which Maybe is very different than Muhammad, because Muhammad had a he, he, he had a fundamental core belief system. Yes. Had convictions, whereas and I'm not saying that just LeBron doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. Lots of people don't really have a a set of convictions and a true belief system. It's 
you know, I believe this this time, but if someone says something wacky, then I'm going to denounce them and then go over here. And if they say yeah. something wacky, then I'm going to dismiss. I mean, um, it's rare. Yeah, I can see how it's rare. And I mean, it's I mean, there's a lot of pressure. So like, okay, if, if you do just going back, if you know, if you do speak up, then you you get ostracized, you get penalized, you get all these different things. Yeah. And sometimes you have to be the person to do that. I mean, we could look at Muhammad Ali, like the whole draft situation, like all that really was is just retaliation for, just for, yeah. you know, the views that he did have, you know. So, um, I mean, it's deeper. Than, yeah, I'm oversimplifying it, of course, mm. but that's what I believe. But so, I don't even think you're yeah. simplifying at all. I think yeah. that it's still dead on to where there was a belief system and he fully. Yeah. Absolutely. And the fact and he that sacrificed, he, he lost some of the best, he lost. He, best, best years of his right. career, you know, <laughs> due to that, you know, so like and it's not like he had a a uh, a sponsorship deal on the side that was paying him millions of bucks yeah. while he was out. He right. Didn't, he didn't have that. Right. Like he it was different. Back like then. there was a true sacrifice yeah. for this. And it was during the prime of his. Exactly. Man, it's like I, I love boxing. Yeah, I mean, as you can but see, sorry, yeah, absolutely. Like, I'll actually, <laughs> yeah, even in the, of, the rear view window, just the gloves. <laughs> my, uh, yeah, my, uh, most of my stuff is in boxes right now because we're mm-hmm. moving. Yeah, um, so you but, had more in here before oh, the moving. Yeah. Okay, I have a bunch of gloves. Right on. I have right a on. signed Tyson, signed Andre Ward, oh, signed Ganelli Golovkin. Yeah. Signed Eric Morales. Like my favorite Mexican boxer of all time is Eric Morales. Okay. Yeah, I I had a ton. Yeah. I have a signed. I had a, a signed Arnold Schwarzenegger. But okay. it's all, it it's will, all packed up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> waiting. It's like awaiting a new home. The CZ yeah. Media Podcast Studio has a new home. Uh, we should be in um, by the beginning of March, and it's going to be cool. I'm going to turn it into a little. I'm going to try to do it video. Okay. But I don't know. Like Doesn't crazy. hurt to test it out. I don't you know. Wanna, yeah. I don't want people to see my fat face. <laughs> Um, but no, so the get that water intake, you know, yeah. <laughs> little, little, little regimen, you know, and just, yeah, make it work. But, uh, I'm going to touch on LeBron a little bit. Just, um, so I'm just thinking about, um, just whatever it is that Jason Wicklock said. Um, and I don't know, it's just, I don't know. My impression of him is, you know, just, it's like, it's kind of easy for you to just kind of like attack somebody just from whatever your sanctuary is. It's just like, yo, what are you really doing? You're not really known for these things either. My guy, mm. you know what I mean? Like it's, you know, it's, you know, it's a lot of us that just really don't rock with him just based on just moves that he's made back, you know, back in the day. And it's just like, oh yeah, we can't, you know, we, we, we can't condone that. He kind of makes us look bad. He's kind of putting us on front street by and we, not giving saying... a, black people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a black <laughs> man, by the way, you know, if, 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 if you all couldn't tell. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, if, if, if you disagree, that's cool, too. It's just like you don't you don't have to you don't have to not rock with Jason Whitlock just because you're black and just because I feel a certain way or just whatever it is. But it's just like my feelings on him. Like, oh, I'm cool off of him. And, and even just to have that discussion about LeBron and compare him. If you compare anyone to Muhammad Ali, that's just not a fair comparison. Yeah. <laughs> period. And I get you. OK, if, if, if you're going to compare somebody, OK, someone who's at the top of their field, that's LeBron. Um so it's just like, okay, it's, I don't want to say easy target, but it's just like, okay. So it's kind of easy to, it's, it's, it's kind of easy to pick on LeBron, but it's like, if you look at the way that he's conducted himself, I mean, this is someone who was just a superstar at 18, just had the world just, you know, just, just, just hand it to him on a silver platter. And I mean, he could have, he could have taken so many different paths that we see mm-hmm. young men just who aren't used to that right. level of wealth 
you know, he could he could have took it any path. And it's just like, I mean, you know, he's a great father, great husband. Um, far as just what he does on the court, um, you know, I can't, I, I can't really speak to that too much. You know, people call him a crybaby, but me personally, <laughs> it's just like, I appreciate the athleticism. You know what I'm saying? I'm not even really into sports like that, but yeah. it's like, you're obviously doing something right to make it that far and just to put up with whatever pressures that are taking, behind, uh, taking place behind the scenes, you yeah. know? So it's just like, I'm like, yo, he's doing something right. And to be able to still dedicate himself to, maybe he's trying to find his voice when it comes to social justice, you know, whereas Muhammad Ali, he actualized that in a very, you know, much earlier than LeBron did. Right. I mean, when we think about LeBron, I think he's what, um, 37, 36. He's, you know, he's got to be at least 36 or 37. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, Ali, he was, you know, he was, he was a younger man, you know, you know, fighting for a cause. Um, so I want to, I want to give him, I want to give him, I don't want to, a pass isn't the word, but I, I just feel like, okay, like he's, he's trying to find whatever his voice in and he's putting his money where his mouth is in some areas, you know? Yeah. So it's just like, we can't really expect uh, Ali in this area. And, 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 and the thing that some of us do is like, we keep looking to the past for leaders. Like we keep looking to the Dr. Kings. Right. We keep looking to the Malcolm X. These are individuals that me personally, both of them that I, um, that I admire. Um, but it's just like, how do we take, you know, like, okay, if they're passing the baton, okay, it's, it's time for us to run the race now. Like, right. They're not, they're not coming back, you, you know, to, like you have to make, you have you to know? take what they said and then progress it. Right. Move it forward mm-hmm. and then adapt it to. Thank you. Where I was just thinking that word. Are. Yeah, I was thinking that word adapt. Yeah, so right. like we have to absolutely have to adapt. It's like we're we're in an age now, and it just reminds me of just the earlier conversation about you know the homeless population. It's like we got to adapt. Like there's technology, there's different opportunities. Granted, they're not you know it's you know it's it's harder to access for some than others because you know sometimes your 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 psychology plays a part in it. You know. Um, yeah. But it's just we 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 have to adapt. We have to look forward. So it's like LeBron can't necessarily do everything that um, that Ali was doing. He just can't. Plus, LeBron's LeBron's busier than Ali. <laughs> you're playing <laughs> at least true. in a regular season. You're playing 82 games. 82 Muhammad games. Ali, he was fighting a fight like what I don't like. They, I think they fought more often back they then. More but even often. then, it you weren't you weren't like fighting every night. Three four times a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's just like okay, I have different more times. time to like you know study you know different. study and prove and <laughs> practice and sit up under different mentors and people that I can learn yeah. from and and you know and it was he was going worldwide too like the. NBA like okay you're playing in the state so you're not you're going to have a different view if you're just all around right. the world and and then plus you add the name Muhammad Ali like how many people around the world practice Islam you know so it's just like people are going to identify with that at, all, off top like he was the people's champ we didn't see Ali in just the nice cars and this and that and whatever not that he, like, right. he might have liked those things but it's just like he could relate more to the people you know so it's just yeah. um whereas like with LeBron like okay that's you know it's just we're talking we're talking 50 year difference in culture, you know, it's just like, they didn't have rap back then. Like they still like to get fly. You had the Curtis Mayfield. So you had music, you had black exploitation movies. Like, you know, um, there was always this conversation about, you know, young people, they're trying to be like the rappers. Um, but okay. If you go back to, you know, the seventies, young people was trying to be like black exploitation. Y'all was trying to be like the Mac. You was trying to be like Ronald Dolomite, Neal and yeah. Superfly. You was trying to be like Dolomite. You yeah. was, you know, so it's just like, okay, your generation might be talking about these rappers. Pam um, But it's just like, yo, you you were trying to be like someone too. You was trying to be like <laughs> Huggy Bear and just all whatever characters, you know? So Where, it's just I mean, like, for you know. For as much as time passed, uh, yeah. I think we're, we're fairly simple people. We're fairly simple people. It's like, 
yes, yeah. modality has changed and technologies has changed and yeah. but it's still, you know, it's still ego. It is still mm. wanting to make uh you know be the man be the man yeah <laughs> is it still wanting people to look at us a certain way to be perceived a certain way yeah and it all just it, it's all Safe kind of it, it's kind of all still in the same hodgepodge of how people have been since forever like i'm sure that there was mm-hmm. a caveman who did something you know <laughs> something to stand out his cave and yeah someone is like oh that's super cool and then they did mm-hmm. that to that too the fact that we arrived <laughs> to the point where we had rulers and kings you know like you were always going to need a leader but somehow we landed with the designation of king or chief and just yeah. the different you know what's the word regalia that they wear you know it's just uh, like okay why, yeah you know so it's just like you're not wearing that just because you're wearing that for a reason yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean so and it's, it's all just, it's all ego it's all yeah, man-made it is it is, it is. nonsense yeah absolutely you know just, i don't like that at all yeah like sure. i had a i had on the uh the owners of drip tea mm-hmm. on the show of a couple of few shows ago okay and i don't know if you follow drip tea they're the little shop on i don't I, I don't Union. i don't follow them but i i know who they Man, are I, their yeah. outfits are carefully procured yeah and uh, when we were talking to them i i, I was sat here and i thought you know what mm-hmm. you know what guys it's kind of weird even me talking to you because I don't care at all how I look. Okay. <laughs> it's like I wear I wear old navy t-shirts, shorts from Target and that's and I'm perfectly okay with this. He does have the infrared sixes on by the way, <laughs> though the black infrared. Oh, so let's <laughs> So there's a little bit yeah. there. They responded something like that too. Yeah. Like I know what, from what I was wearing. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's like I you got the sneakers. but you got the right pair though. Like if yeah. you are gonna have a pair, you got the right one. But it's know? like other Classic. than that, man, give me a hot topic tea. Mm-hmm. And and I and I'm good. And you know what? It's just like I I tend to tell people like clothes don't make the man the man makes the clothes you know so it's just like you can give one person this outfit that outfit they're not gonna feel like the best version of themselves whereas yeah. the next person like oh yeah i could rock with this all day yeah. you know like i think i referred i was like oh yeah that's that's the andy warhol design right you know so it's just like some people might get the references right away and it's just like oh yeah that's what's up that's 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 a good look you know so, and i'm the nutnik who I like, like I just do not care yeah. at all of mostly of what of what I wear. It okay. like does not matter. Yeah. I get mocked a lot, but it just does <laughs> not matter. That. I'll wear anything that my wife buys me. Yeah. Okay. But the the funny thing to that is what she buys me from, you know, Hot Topic and Old Navy. Yeah. I get compliments yeah. way more than those times where I wear <laughs> Like I, I got, have a, I got my fear of God hoodie on. How come yeah, no one's complimenting me? Exactly. It's like I have a what? How do you say that brand? Javinci. Javanchi. Javanchi. Yeah. I have a Javanchi shirt, mm-hmm. and no one cares. But I have this <laughs> Godzilla graphic tee. Yeah. That I've gotten at least a dozen compliments. I'm like, oh, that's a cool Godzilla t-shirt. Wow. Godzilla like no one cares life. about this other one. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Who cares? Maybe they're intimidated, too. Maybe that's why some of the compliments don't come. It's just like, you know, because I've I've complimented, you know, like, um, like I know the Bron Givenchy and just different brands. Like, I remember just like going back to like maybe the early 2010s, you know, just seeing people like, okay, yeah, I see you. Like just knowing these brands, like, you know, like they've always kind of been there, but it's just, it's just like, it's hyper consumerism now. It's just like, I mean, I see middle schoolers. I remember picking up my nephew from school. I'm seeing, I'm, I'm seeing the, I'm seeing the 
seventh, eighth grader with an off white hoodie on. And this yeah. is this is a few years ago before right. people really knew. I, like like some people always knew who Virgil was, but I'm yeah. I'm talking like 2016, 17 before he was with Louis Vuitton. I'm like, mm-hmm. yo, how can this kid afford? Like, yo, I can't afford. I I can, but I don't want to spend 400 on this hoodie right now, you know. And it's just like that might have not been the case back then, you know. So, uh, you know, talking 2011, 2012, just to kind of like stay on point with uh, what what my point is. But um, you know, seeing people in Givenchy, it's just like okay, I'll give a couple compliments, but it's just like yo, like you're kind of an a hole because they'll just kind of like just have their nose up, and it's just like yeah. yo, I'm just recognizing what you got like right. you know because like yo that's a good look i'm like yo i'm, I'm complimenting because i know not everybody knows what that is and then like after a while it's like i can't even compliment y'all anymore <laughs> you like like you wore it just to be cocky it's just like okay right. like my i don't know my perspective on fashion is just a little different in, in, in the way that it brings people together and the storytelling and all these different things yeah. you know so it's just like just you know just this is the reason i got into shoes like you know it had little to do with Jordan. You know what I mean? Jordan was just the man, period. So that was always going to be a factor, you know? But um, it was just all the different colorways, all the different stories. Maybe the people you looked up in your neighborhood that wore them. Just just the look, just the whole lore. I mean, just, you know, everyone comes back to school, you know, after Christmas break and they got the new Jordans. I couldn't afford them at the time, but now that I'm grown, oh, I can buy that pair. I can mm. buy two pairs, you know? <laughs> and it's just like, I can relay this back to my childhood, you know? But, um, but I tell people just... You know, man makes the clothes, clothes does not make the man. So it's just like, um, if you're looking for some type of validation within just that and you're just a shell of yourself, you're going to get hurt and you're going to waste your money doing it. Right. You know? Now, if you can maintain it's not genuine, right, it's not genuine. And it's just like you can be just as fresh going to JCPenney, get a fresh pair of Levi's, get some get, get some fresh T-shirts or polos or whatever. And it's like the way you conduct yourself is what's going to say a lot about you. You yeah. know, and so that's 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 where it's really at. Now, if you can have both, if you can have the nice clothes and just not be attached to it, because that's where like attachment comes in. Um it's just like if you can have that and not be attached, like even better. I, I I remember hearing the story about Tupac when he would go buy new clothes or whatever. He would leave all his old clothes in the dressing room, you mm. know, just that super <laughs> rock star lifestyle. And it's just like just to be that detached from something like that's what it's about. And he was yeah. he was known for being a, you know, a, a stylish dude, being a ladies man, you know. And it's just like I'm not so attached to this where like I have to have every pair right. of shoes or every this or every that. Like it's just it's just, you know, it's just a tool, you know. So, yeah, man. We're all different. Yeah, absolutely. And we have to, we just have to take what, what, what how we make sure that we feel okay. And me yes. looking like a mo- moron is okay with me. <laughs> but I'm going to have yeah. on some off-white Jordan 1 UNCs. Yep. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tommy, thank you so much. For um, sure. I think that you've given people a really good idea of, you know, the state of where things are and, like the the, so. the hard work that the people who put into it to find, you know, to try to help, right? To to be the change that the NFL helmets <laughs> want. <laughs> it's want crazy how the conversation transitioned, you know. So that I love. Yeah, I, I I wasn't a big football fan until maybe two seasons ago. Before okay. that, I didn't really like. I don't like basketball at all anymore. Okay. Um, the last game that I saw was probably a Kobe game. Okay. So it's been a while. Yeah. Right now, my sports are F1, UFC, boxing, and football. Right on. And I can almost always take the conversation back to. <laughs> As it did, right? To any of that. Because, I, 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 man, I, I didn't yeah. get an F1 reference in there, but I probably could have. Yeah. 
Uh, but thank you so much. We Absolutely. appreciate Thanks it. Um, is there any, like, well, what do you want people to um, take away from all of this? Um, it's interesting. We kind of ended on just talking about clothes and, you know, man doesn't make, you know, clothes don't make the man, man makes the clothes. Um, I think one, one good takeaway would be that person's circumstance doesn't make them, whether they're homeless, mm-hmm. whether they're an addict, whether whatever it is, like you could have all the money in the world and still be an addict, you know, and just not be homeless. So it's just like that circumstance does not make who that person is. That person still, we all have our own struggles. That person has her 24 seven experience. Um, one thing for me, for example, what I do is, um, like when, so when I get paid, right, I'll, I'll set aside like $15, and because I know someone's going to ask me for a spare change throughout the next couple of weeks till I get paid again. So I'll just 15 loose ones. If someone asks for some spare change, I was like, OK, I got you. I got a dollar for you. I got two dollars or I know I'm going into the store. Can I get you anything? Can I get you a coffee? Yeah. This, that or whatever. So when I'm but when I when I have it in my budget on my phone, just within my notes, it used to say spare change. And it just evolves every now and then it went from spare change to I called it like my neighbor fund. And, and, and for mm-hmm. me, it was just trying to like. Let me start looking at these people as my neighbors, not just people that are homeless. And I'm not going to save like $15 isn't going to save anybody. But it's just like, at least for me and my like for for me and myself, I, you know, I'm going to make sure that I'm staying on point and I'm looking at you as a as a person. Not that I felt that I didn't before, but it's just like more some 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 sometimes it can just get frustrating. Like sometimes people are, you know, just at my at my job site. People are sleeping on the stairs when they shouldn't be, and they're just defecating on all these different things, and that can cause you to get frustrated, <laughs> and that frustration could lead to being cruel, and I don't want to become a cruel person. Yeah. It's just like, yo, that's somebody's brother. Like, yo, what if that was my brother, you know? Um, I wouldn't condone my brother having this lifestyle, but at the same time, like, I wouldn't want somebody being so cruel to him to where it's just like they're just just whatever comes along with that cruelty, you know? Yeah. So it's just like my, you know, my, my language changed from, you know, all oh, this is for spare change to all oh, this is for my neighbors, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, um, but yeah, so long answer to your question, but just a takeaway, just, you know, just their circumstance does not make who that person is. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good takeaway. And, no, um, and, yeah, and, 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 the, and the youth need good examples. Like, I know they're not quite youth, like like the, the age range that I work with. They're 18 to 24, but they do need the uh, they, they do need our examples, you know. So that's why I try to keep myself on point because they might have not had that example right. growing up, you know, going to school and everything. They just still might not have had the example. It's interesting. We're talking about sports, right? Because when it's that star athlete, it's just like, oh, we got to make sure we got to all oh, sports keeps these kids off of the streets. You know, what about that kid that is high risk, but does not have the sport ability? You know, what's going to keep them off the street? You know, so it's just like the same attitude we have is this we have for kids that play sports apply the same attitude to that kid who's maybe a math whiz or just whatever it is, but just like they don't have that athletic capability because they need it too. And they, they, they have, they have, they have um, the resources that they're missing or examples that they're missing in their lives. You know, right. maybe, you know, maybe they come from a, a household, maybe it's a biracial household and maybe in their culture, they're not going to the barbershop every other week and they're being around different males and observing and seeing how people conduct themselves and all these different things. And they're just seeing the world through a small window. It's like, what about them? How do we expose them? How do we give them access? Um, I feel like there's a lot of people in spite of us being in the Northwest, there's a lot of people that kind of don't have access to different technology and they like, they probably never seen this type of setup in their life, but everyone has a phone. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. just like, just, you know, just an example. So it's just, you know, just 
being an example and just recognizing not everyone really has that has the access. Not that you yeah. have to give all your resources, but it's just I don't know. I guess just be mindful of those things yeah. and um, compassion. Little yeah. compassion goes a long way. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank it, you man. so much for coming and having a conversation with us. Thank and you. thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Uh, don't forget to hook me up with a five star review, please. And then uh, don't forget to check out the sponsors, Rancho Bravo Tacos, Capitol Hill and Wallingford and Soulmates at 1422 Harvard Ave above the QFC. And then uh, make sure to use that VDate 10 discount code at checkout. Thank you, everyone. And uh, we'll see you next week. I don't know if I was supposed to say bye or not. But... <laughs>